Hi guys, it's Stephanie Hansen and this is Dishing with Stephanie's Dish. And I wanted to tell you about Twin Cities Film Festival. I have been working on this festival for about a year. I'm in development with them, so I help them gather money so that they can put this festival on. But as part of that, I have seen a lot of great movies. And there's a couple ways you can access Twin Cities Film Festival. It will be going through uh, Saturday of this week, which the actual date on that will be... It will be through Saturday, the 26th of October. But if you've missed any of the films that I talk about today, they usually only play at the festival once. So if you missed any of these films or if you want to get to any of the other films that I'm going to tell you about, you can either see them in wide release because a lot of these films come through here at Twin Cities Film Festival first and then they go into wide release. So I want to make sure that you see these at the theater. If you like some of the idea of the films I'm talking about, and you like the idea of the festival, you can become a member. And this festival is 10 years old. And to be honest, you know, the West and East Coast usually think of us as flyover country. So they work really, really hard in order to get good quality films to come. These are theatrical releases, but they're also independent films. They're also documentaries. They have shorts. They have horror films. And it's their 10th anniversary, and they just do such a great job over there. I saw a lot of cool films last year. I saw um, Green Book, which ended up winning the Academy Award with Mahershala Ali, and that was a fabulous movie that I saw last year. And this year, I have seen a bunch of films that I'm just going to tell you a little bit about because I really think that the Twin Cities Film Festival is just a hidden gem. And you can be a part of the membership. So you pay your membership fee and then you get advanced screening notices throughout the year to different films. You also get invited to some swanky parties. And then the film festival will come back next year in October and it's 10 days long. And the way it works is they, I think, had over 120 different films this year. And they curate these films all year. And then you as a member can buy like a pass where you can go to as many movies as you want. You can buy a different kind of pass where you go to a limited amount of movies or you can just buy movies for independent films. And I just want to like encourage you, if you're somebody that's interested in film at all, this festival is so great and they do not get the accolades and the exposure locally that they should it's kind of crazy because Jayton does such a good job he's the festival director he's been working on the festival for 10 years and he gets he's just got a great eye he gets these movies that come that will generate academy award buzz so like with green book again i was in a theater with 150 people that saw that movie before anybody else and i knew right away when i saw that like wow this is a contender and same thing is happening this year. So I'm going to tell you about some of the films that I've seen. And don't be sad if you can't see them because they will be released in theatrical release. And then you can see them then. And you can always join Twin Cities Film Festival or you can join us next year at the fest because um, it's just super fun. So I want to start out by talking about a movie that a lot of people were kind of riled up by because of its themes. And that movie is Jojo Rabbit. It is a movie that stars Scarlett Johansson. And it is um, about a 10 year old boy that befriends Hitler, an imaginary Hitler um, in his mind. And he's growing up in Nazi Germany. There's a first 15 minutes of the movie are just hilarious where he um, is in the camp 
the uh, boys camp that they send the young boys to to learn how to be in the army. And, you know, they're shooting and they're doing bayonets. And it's just kind of funny, all the stuff that you think about that you did at camp. My husband was like shooting a gun when he was nine at camp. Um, So that part of the movie was really, really funny. And it's kind of a dark comedy. So there is a lot of funny parts. But then you start to see like that his mother is trying to, he's very pro-Germany because of course that's what he's growing up with. But his mother is trying to get him to question some of the things that he's seeing and um, they end up finding, or he ends up finding that they have been hiding a Jewish girl in their attic. So that's sort of the premise of the movie. The relationship develops between the boy and the girl, and I won't give away any more of it, but it is such a heartwarming film. It's funny. It's thought-provoking. It's a little dark. It is um, kind of a real indication of our times, actually. And like these questions that this boy has about what it means to be a Jew and what are the Jews. And he starts uh, trying to envision like, who are these people that are probably so different from us that we must hate them. And you just get the sense of, of what that really could have felt like if you were a German kid. And the movie is just excellent. Rebel Wilson's in it. Her part is kind of stupid, but she plays a funny character per usual. Um, so that movie that I saw that I really loved was Jojo Rabbit. Honestly, I gave it an A plus at the end of the movie. I sat in my chair and I cried a little bit because I just thought it was so well done. The next movie that I saw was Working Man and this was a premiere and mind blown. I found out from Jason Matheson. I was on his show and he had talked to Talia Shire, who apparently is Martin Scorsese's sister, which I did not know. And then her son is Jason Schwartzman, which I was like, what? How is this even possible? And I think she's also related to Sylvester Stallone some way. So that was kind of interesting. But that movie, Working Man, was about a small town in small town USA. And their factory gets shut down. And one of the guys in the movie keeps going to work. And what happens when a factory closes down and how do the factory workers handle it? It turns out to be kind of an expose about mental health because the factory worker is befriended by a guy that turns out has manic depression and gets all the factory workers to go back and they are all working in the factory and they won't leave and the company is trying to get them out of there. And it's just a story that goes on. It wasn't my favorite movie. It was probably my least favorite movie that I've seen at the festival. I'd give it like a C because I just felt like it needed a lot of editing. And there were just like one part was like 20 minutes where nobody talked, which is just too long for me, as you can imagine. But I, I liked the premise of it and it did get rolling towards the end. So that would be a C for me. Another movie that I saw that I think is going to have a lot of Academy Award nominated performances, which coincidentally Scarlett Johansson is in this movie too, is The Marriage Story with Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson. This is the modern day Kramer versus Kramer. It is a story about two people that get divorced. They've got a small child and the process of what divorce feels like. It is a story about love. It is a story about loss. It's a story about the machine of divorce and the whole story of the lawyers and and how you can start out being amicable and then by the time you're done, it's not amicable. And then how do you come together again to try to raise your kid? How do you find your own voice? 
how do you be in a marriage for 10 years and then change and evolve when your partner is or isn't changing with you and whose fault is that? This movie was so layered and so complex that afterwards my girlfriend and I went to the bar and we were talking about the movie and we were apparently getting so animated in our arguing and discussion about the movie that the couple next to us moved, which I, she was like, did you notice that that couple moved? I was like, no, if they can't handle it, that's on them. But it's just, there's so many things to talk about. Like my friend's point of view was that Scarlett Johansson was really selfish to be sort of coming of age and putting herself before her family. And my point of view was like, well, what is, what is the, this man supposed to do? Like he thought that she'd bought into him and the dream and all of that. And when that doesn't happen, is that really her fault? Is it his fault? Is there any fault? Is it just the machine of divorce and how it gets so ugly when you're trying to just put your stake in the sand? You hear a lot about people that get divorced and it starts out and actually this was the premise or is the premise of the Sarah Jessica Parker show with Thomas Hayden Church on HBO called Divorce where, you know, you find out that maybe you're not as in love as you once were or you want different things. So you decide to get divorced and it starts out amiable until you really get to the brass tacks of, you know, who's going to get time with the kids and who's going to be fun parent Who's going to be the parent that's going to sit with the kids during the homework? How are you going to order your lives? How are you going to set up your households? What if you don't have a lot of money? It just can get really, really sticky. And this movie chronicles that whole journey in a way that was beautiful, painful. I'm so glad I saw the movie, but I will tell you at the end of it, I just felt like I'd kind of been punched in the gut. But that's sort of what I like about movies. I like movies that make you think and that you can reflect on. And I thought about that movie for days after. So that movie was called The Marriage Story. Then I saw a movie called Science Fair that was a documentary. And this was about kids that participate in science fairs all over the world. And it chronicled like eight kids as they went through the science fair process. And, you know, we had seen a lot of heavy movies at this point. But Science Fair was fantastic. It was so uplifting and just gave me so much hope because sometimes I just think, oh my God, this country is just in the toilet. And then other times I was like, oh, this country's the best. It's raising all these scientific kids that are striving for the American dream. Like it was just so well done. The stories that they followed were great and they followed global stories. They followed a gal from Brazil who was working with her lab partner on trying to find a cure for the Zika virus. They followed a guy from Germany who was doing a single, um, what did they call it? A single wing plane. It was an aviation discovery. They followed some kids that were upgrading the stethoscope. They followed a kid named Robbie. And this story kind of spoke to me because you could tell he was obviously like a mathematical genius, but he was a total misfit and he wasn't like all the other misfits. He wore Hawaiian shirts and he was super well-spoken. He did terrible in school and he really was hoping that by going to the science fair that he would be able to get an opportunity to go to a good college because he was really into, what did he call it? It was called um, machine learning and so he was programming all these computers to do all this weird stuff, but then of course not doing his math homework. So it was just a heartwarming story about these kids' journeys to the science fair, how much the science fair meant to them. Certainly some of these kids from around the world, it was their first chance to visit the United States and what that felt like. And then there was a teacher from a college um, that had brought nine kids to the college or to the science fair 
and her complete and utter dedication to those kids, to getting these kids to place in science fair, to understanding how that would open the door for them for college, like just watching her dedication to these kids. And she basically, there was a scene where she was like, yeah, I pretty much have no life. I'm overweight. I don't exercise. All I think about and all I do is ways to get these kids to excel at science fair because I know it's going to launch them into being the next Pulitzer Prize winner or Nobel Prize winner, I guess that would be. It was just crazy. It was so good. So if you get an opportunity, this is the kind of movie, um, I think it was a Netflix movie, actually. So it'll probably get to Netflix. Um, Some of these movies were produced by Amazon and Netflix, so you may see them there. So be on the lookout. So Science Fair was just a great documentary. At the end of it, I just was practically standing up and cheering. It was really a feel-good movie. Which leads me to the last movie I saw, which was called Honey Boy. And this movie starred Shia LaBeouf. And he wrote this movie. This is based on his real life. He wrote this movie while he was in rehab. And he had been gone. He went to rehab because he'd been in like three drunk accidents and was having, uh, he was remanded to rehab for the third time when he wrote this movie. And while he was in rehab, he discovered that he had PTSD. And the PTSD he had was from being raised by an abusive father, both physically and emotionally, and also kind of a hippie absent mother. So he's unpacking this in rehab. Lucas Hedges plays Shia LaBeouf as a grown person who's in rehab. And then Shia LaBeouf actually plays the character of his father. So it's... Oh, and then there's the 10-year-old boy who plays Shia LaBeouf as a young kid. So it's like 10-year-old Shia LaBeouf being portrayed. It is angry Shia LaBeouf in rehab being portrayed. And then it is Shia LaBeouf's father being portrayed, but actually acted by Shia LaBeouf. This movie, you guys, is so incredibly powerful. It is a real indictment on Hollywood and how it treats young actors, but also just mental illness Lucas Hedges ends up being diagnosed with PTSD from some of the abuse that he's suffered. It's also a story of love. Um, The 10-year-old boy obviously loves his father, but the parents have been divorced. They're living in a hotel room. It is just so profound. It's poignant. It's hard to watch. And it really helps me as somebody who's been on, you know, local station, My Talk 107, over the years, and we talk about, you know, celebrities and their bad behavior, and Shia LaBeouf has had a ton of it. It just gave me a real sense of sadness about the trajectory of his life and how such a talented actor, but, you know, supporting his family and basically being treated like cattle from the people in the movie industry and the studios to his own parents. He was basically their boss. He was a paycheck. And then you know, his father struggled with alcoholism. And I came home after watching the film and I was just, I was so like empty inside and it was so tough to watch. And then I started doing some research on Shia LaBeouf and his parents and he did get permission from his dad to do this movie, which the, he is not, Shia LaBeouf does not portray his dad very well, but it was, really an incredible movie. And that movie was called Honey Boy. I don't even know if I've said the name of the movie. 
It is uh, a great movie. I expect that Shia LaBeouf will be nominated for an Academy Award, if not for the writing of it. He directed it. He acted in it. And again, it's a really tough movie, but it was really interesting and really profound. And just the battle scars that people have and how they try to heal them or not heal them and then how they grow up and act out as they get older in their lives. Um, the movie was just fantastic. So that was Honey Boy, and it was actually directed by a woman. 60% of the films at Twin Cities Film Festival this year were directed by women, which was a coincidence. But I think in light of the Me Too movement, which has been, I think we're in our second year of that since the, you know, Me Too, Ronan Farrell, Matt Lauer scandal, um, we're starting to see a lot more women getting pay equity and more women directors, more women being behind the scenes and writing. So that's all happening. And of course, the Twin Cities Film Festival would reflect that because they are on the cutting edge of a lot of these films. So that is my sort of wrap up of the Twin Cities Film Festival. If you are at all interested in film, I would encourage you to get involved. It was just really, it's been great. And look for any of those movies that I talked about. Uh, Science Fair, the documentary, Honey Boy, um, Marriage Story, Jojo Rabbit, Working Man. And then there was another kind of strange movie that I saw that I liked. Um, It was probably a B minus, maybe B. And that was called International Falls. And this movie was shot in Minnesota, supposedly, in International Falls. It was a classic, like how they have everybody with the weird accents like they did in Fargo. But the movie itself was pretty good. It was about a woman who found out that her husband was having an affair. She worked at a hotel in International Falls. And the comedian came through doing the circuit. And she befriended him. They had a quick little love affair. And then she decided she wanted to be a comedian and she was hanging out with him. It was a period of about 48 hours that they depicted and how the kind of tips that he gave her for being a comedian and how she found her voice. So it was um, an interesting movie. Again, probably a B, B minus. There were some flaws to it and some things that I would have done a little bit differently, but certainly we're seeing um, that movie was called International Falls. So Those are the movies that I saw at the Twin Cities Film Festival. If you see any movies, give me a shout. I would love to talk with anybody about some of these movies. You can find me online at uh, Stephanie's Dish on my website, on Twitter, on Instagram, and also you can find me on Facebook. So that is it for this installment of Dishing with Stephanie's Dish. Thanks for listening.